how can you just sit with that emotion? Like notice, notice what the trigger is, right? Notice how it feels in your body. And instead of running away from it, how can we just be mindful about it? How can we just be present with that emotion, knowing that it's not going to hurt you, right? It's not going to kill you. It's not going to suffocate you. How can you just be present with it? And the more that you can be present with those uncomfortable emotions, the more that you can face them in real time. Welcome to Ariana Answers. I'm Dr. Ariana Brandolini, a clinical psychologist who lives in New York City. Every week I answer a life question submitted by a listener like you. In the second season of my podcast, I want to unpack anxiety around situations in life we find ourselves in. Each episode will have two parts. One where I break down the situational anxiety we experience and the other where I have an expert in the field give us some advice. Would you like your question answered? Head over to the description of this video to submit. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Jessica De Silva is a former marriage and family therapist and current relationship recovery coach, specializing in helping adults end their toxic dating patterns and create healthier, strong relationships using the attachment style framework. I love how she makes attachment theory relevant and easy to understand in order to empower people to have the relationships they want and deserve. All right, Jessica, what a pleasure it is to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I am so excited for our conversation today um, because we are talking all things relationships, uh, anxiety in relationships, attachment styles, which I know is your expertise. Um, and so uh, just wanted to uh, start off by asking you a little bit about um, your own personal journey. You know, how did you kind of get to where you are today? Uh, what made you interested in relationship coaching? Um, and, and yeah, would love to would love to hear your heart. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, so my journey, I went through about 15 years of just toxic relationships and it makes sense because, you know, my parents had a really unhealthy relationship dynamic. My grandparents had a really unhealthy relationship dynamic. So it makes sense that it, you know, gets passed down to us. Um, but it got so toxic that there was just different types of abuse and I, you know, I was already like, I think I was 25 or so. And I was just like, I don't want to continue living my life this way. Because as you know, like our relationships take such a toll on our mental health and just our life in general. And um, I just wanted more for my life. <laughs> so I, got, I went to graduate school, got my master's in marriage and family therapy. And I just wanted to like soak in, in this um, knowledge of, you know, what can I do to change? Um, and then, yeah, going into that, I learned about attachment styles and that in itself, that framework gave me so much insight as to how I operate in love, you know, like how I experience love, how other people experience love. So it's just been such a journey um, in that sense. And now I get to help people that also are in these toxic or unhealthy relationship dynamics or dating dynamics. And um, yeah, it, it's nice when you can kind of come from that same type of story um, and, and help people from my own personal experience and the knowledge I've gained. Yeah, I love that. I find those, you know, 
instills so much hope and just sort of normalizes that we all go through stuff. Um, And, you know, just because we do, it doesn't mean that we can't live happy, meaningful, successful lives. And so I think what you do is so special. Um, And thank you for sharing that. And so um, I know, you know, attachment, uh, people have a lot of questions about it. People find, as you mentioned, the framework really helpful. So um, can you maybe just walk us through just a basic uh, dumbed down version of what are attachment styles? What are the types? Um, how do they manifest? Where might they come from? You know, anything that you think is, in, is important for people to know to kind of orient themselves to, to that. Yeah, so um, attachment styles, it's a psychological and evolutionary approach that states that there you know, are four attachment styles. So this is attachment theory. Um, and this comes from, you know, the way we experience love, um, it really comes from our childhood, you know, how we learn to relate to our primary caregivers and it gets, um, you know, we carry these ways of experiencing love into our adult life, which is why you see these reoccurring patterns throughout your life, because it's this mental blueprint that you've carried for so long. Um, so there's four different styles. There's the anxious attached. I have nicknames for the attachment styles, so I can, you know, it helped me better understand it and my clients. Um, but the anxious attached, I like to see them as the romantics because they just have this great capacity to love. Um, and they tend to be very self-sacrificing in terms of, um, you know, giving this love to others, but that can come at a cost because they tend to neglect their own needs and desires in order to get that validation and reassurance that they crave so much from their partner or just other people. Um, So that can kind of go into like people pleasing habits. um, And again, just really neglecting themselves, um, being a little bit too needy in relationships because they just need that extra reassurance. Um, And then you have the dismissive avoidance. So that's like the opposite (laughs) spectrum. Um, And the dismissive avoidance, I like to call them the rookies. Um, And the reason for that is because they tend to get a really bad reputation for just being very cold and distant and like, you know, jerks or whatever. You just hear so many names for them, but they are actually just not as emotionally evolved as the anxious or the fearful avoidant or the secure. So they tend to be a little bit more distant, um, closed off. They They withdraw from conflict. Um, but they also are very independent and resourceful and self-sufficient people. So all these attachment styles, they have these great strengths, but then they have their, their challenges as well. Um, and then there's the fearful avoidant. Uh, another name for them is uh, disorganized. And that's, that's, that was me. <laughs> that's still me. You know, you were always like working out of that and becoming more secure. But fearful avoidance, um, I like to call them the rebels because they are always, they have the, uh, the anxious aspect and the avoidant aspect. And those two aspects of themselves are always rebelling against the other. Um, it's like that Katy Perry song, you know, you're hot, then you're cold, you're yes, then you're no. It's like you're just always confused about what you want and who you are. So they tend to, it's a lot of emotional and mentor, mental turmoil that they experience. Um, so they have this capacity for love, but they're also really afraid of it at the same time. Um, and then you have the secure attached, which we all you know, aspire to become, and it's so possible uh, for anyone to become more securely attached. Um, and these, I like to call them the anchors. And that's that's a term that's 
common for for um, secure attached, but it's you know they're just very grounded in who they are, their values, their needs. They have good coping skills. Um, they tend to be very trustworthy, and they have these longer lasting relationships. Um, and I just wanted to mention that because this is a question a lot of people ask: is can my attachment style change? And it can. So even though you have this specific attachment style, it can fluctuate throughout your lifetime, you know, based off of people you date, relationships, traumas you experience, healings you experience. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. You know, what role do you feel like anxiety plays in all of this? Because I know you mentioned that it's attachment theory, right? And so mm -hmm. I know with attachment theory, you know, it kind of goes back to childhood. You, you talked about patterns um, of relationship and patterns that go do, down family lines, which is, um, you know, so true and so interesting. Um, but then when people are dealing with maybe like uh, an anxiety disorder or, um, you know, how do you feel like that affects our attachment styles does it um do you see you know is that do you see that in your own in your own practice mm -hmm. yeah so the thing so with the three insecure attachment styles they all experience a level of anxiety um so dismissive avoidance also experience anxiety and that anxiety really comes from these fear-based beliefs that they have so with um you know, the anxious attachment style, a lot of their anxiety comes from this fear of abandonment, you know, so um, a lot of these behaviors that stem from that, um, uh, you know, they're just trying to avoid that. Um, with the dismissive avoidance, their anxiety, because they we think that a dismissive avoidance just don't have anxieties, right? but they do, um, that stems from their fear of, you know, having their independence be taken away, or um, uh, you know, not really feeling understood or seen. So all of these, um, you know, especially the insecure attachment styles, you see there is a level of anxiety and it's really just kind of understanding what are those belief systems that are fueling those anxieties. Yeah, so much of it is, you know, I talk a lot about our thought life, right? And as you mentioned, belief systems, core beliefs, what are kind of the beliefs that are being triggered when certain things happen that then, you know, create that anxiety and then create certain behaviors that might be unhealthy or unhelpful. And man, do relationships trigger so much of that, right? Um, what kind of, um, what kind of people do you tend to work with, right? So um, I live in New York City. Uh, dating is very rampant here. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I see people who kind of expect to be able to just do it, you know, and, and, and a lot of times they find themselves in messes um, and they kind of don't really have anywhere to go to sort of say, is this normal? Should I be doing this? Um, and so, you know, just curious about kind of who, what kind of, what are the kind of people that you tend to see who uh, seek your services and deal with this kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I 
kind of started TikTok, TikTok realm not too long ago. And so my demographic has changed a lot. Um, I have a lot of younger people now coming to me. And this is with coaching, you get to work with people all around the world, which is really nice. So I, even though I'm in Colorado, like small town, I don't have any clients here. All of my clients are from other parts of the world. Um, but it's really people just um, really relating to the anxious attachments. I have a lot of um, anxious attached clients because those are actually it's like they tend to have this deeper awareness and they are really motivated to change um, is what I tend to find. Um, but yeah, I would say most of my clients or the people that come to me tend to have more of an anxious attachment style or a fearful avoidant attachment style. And they really resonate with these videos and like, oh my God, I experienced this and I just really don't want to feel this way anymore. Um, so so yeah, it's been it's been a, an array of you know age range of people, but it's so nice that people are just really resonating with this framework. What are some of the things that you walk people through, um, and what are some of the things that you believe are kind of pillars of how do we shift ourselves from some of these anxious avoidant attachment styles into uh, something more secure? What are kind of like the basics? Do you think? Yeah. Um, first, I would say it's just it's so good to have a deeper understanding of your specific attachment style. So what do those symptoms look like, those behaviors? What are the triggers? What are the underlying needs? Because a lot of the time, especially with anxious attachment, your needs just go out the window. You don't even know what that is anymore or even how to honor them or to communicate it. So it's really um, understanding what your specific attachment style is, all the beliefs that kind of come with that attachment style, the roots. Once you have that foundation of knowledge, um, it already kind of gives you this like uh, breath of fresh air in a sense. Like, okay, wow, it's not just me. It's just because I was um, I learned these ways of experiencing love. So there's not something fundamentally wrong with me. It already takes away some of that shame that they carry. Um, but aside from that, I also kind of work with, you know, what is this version of their secure self? So I, wor I work with that um, for that to kind of be the goal <clears throat> that we work towards. So that secure self, like, what is she like? Or what is he like? You know, what are your values? What are your traits? What do you, you know, how do you communicate? And so with that, um, I teach them, you know, the different skills that a secure person would have, like, how do you cope in a secure way? Um, how do you self-soothe in a secure way? How do you handle these triggers in a more secure way? Um, so it's really just working with their concept of who this version of themselves is. Um, and just working from there, if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. To help you navigate anxiety and become more mindful, I've created a 20-page workbook for you, completely free. You'll find journal prompts, exercises, and a wealth of information on how you can master anxiety and live a better life. Click the link in the description to download. You know, things are online these days, right? So there's a lot of things like online dating. Um, what, and a lot of people feel... I don't know if this is true. I've been actually looked at the research on it, but people feel kind of, they're like, oh my gosh, dating feels harder and more stressful than it's ever before. Um, what are your thoughts on that in terms of online dating, the way that we operate, uh, 
these days online a lot of the times, um, even with coronavirus and having been, um, you know, dating kind of coming to a halt, uh, or, or at least in-person dating. So how do you feel like all of this is kind of, do you think it's affected people and attached, the way that people attach and, and their anxieties around dating and relationships? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And I've given that some thought because I think it really depends on the person's attachment style and who you're, you know, who you're talking to. Because um, for instance, a lot of my anxious clients that have the anxious attachment, they tend to experience the most stress with the online dating because first of all, again, there are those like hopeless romantics. Like they are just dying to find somebody. You know what I mean? Like they don't have time to just meet all these people. And another thing with that too is they tend to attach a lot quicker. So the pain that they experience is is bigger because they'll talk to someone for like a month, two month, two months and attach either emotionally or physically, whatever, you know, capacity. Um and then that person just doesn't want to talk to them anymore. They move on. So the, the pain there they experience is, is greater. Um, so that could be just such a daunting experience for the anxious person. Whereas a dismissive avoidant, they might have more fun with a dating online dating because they don't have to emotionally attach. They can just date all these random people and never really have to um go deeper, if that makes sense. Someone who's secure um, could see it as like a great opportunity, like what a a huge pool to meet someone I I might actually be compatible with. Um, So I think it depends on who you're talking to. I met my partner online um, and I was already working towards a, a secure attachment and I found it to be such a cool experience because I got to meet so many different people and I I was, you know, I didn't really attach as quickly as I used to attach to people. Um, So I really think it depends on the person's specific attachment style. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And so how, how does that work, right? Like in terms of if someone's, and yeah, I see a lot of people with anxiety, online dating feels so stressful, as you mentioned. Um, How do you kind of help people? not attach so quickly, right? Not hold on so quickly. Um, sometimes that feels like an impossible feat for people because they're like, I can't help it. It just happens, right? So um, just to give people a little context and hope, um, you know, how do you kind of walk someone through that? Yeah, that's a really good question too. Um, well, first of all, I try to help. So with each attachment style, there are certain red flags <laughs> that um you want to avoid. So if you're anxious, it's good to kind of keep an eye out on people that like things that are going to be really triggering for them are people that are inconsistent, you know, not really reliable people that will talk to you for one day and then ignore you for three days. Like, so already picking up on those um, behaviors can kind of help you to avoid maybe people that are a little bit more avoidant, right? Um, So kind of already helping them understand um, you know, the traits of say, for instance, cause I, with the anxious and the avoidance, those are the dynamics that tend to experience the most conflict. 
Um, so really helping anxious understand the anxious attachment, understand like what their needs are and what to like the green flags in a person, what to look for in a person that's not going to be so triggering. That's going to feel more compatible. Um, and also, and like you said, it is really hard to do because naturally you just want to connect with people. Um, but really just helping them be more patient with the process and take some time to get to know the person before you start, um, you know, putting all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. And when you talk about the dismissive, right, or people who kind of might find it more fun and less committal, um, I mean, it sounds like people who might have that attachment style might, as you know, I think you mentioned this, that it's, they might not seek out your services as much, what actually causes someone who has that attachment style to say, wait a minute, this is not what I want. You know, it feels like mm -hmm. someone who might have that high anxiety, who really wants that relationship is very motivating. And so in your experience, when someone's a bit more dismissive, um, you know, what kind of is the motivator for them to seek change, if anything? Yeah. Um, so again, I, I don't have any dismissive avoidance per se um, in my coaching practice, but I do have some fearful avoidance that tend to lean more on the avoidant side. Cause again, it's a spectrum. Um, and with, you know, with those specific clients, it's, they've been in these relationships with, you know, an anxious person, for instance, cause again, those, they tend to be attracted to each other. Um, and that those relationships were super unsuccessful because the anxious person wanted them to open up more and not withdraw so much. And the relationship, unfortunately, you know, failed because of their, their lack of, of being able to meet the partner where they needed, right. Meeting the partner's needs. Um, so it really comes from, yeah, them really caring about someone and, having that relationship end and them feeling a lot of guilt about it and, um, you know, wanting to change because of that. Yeah. And so, cause I'm sure you might do, you, I'm sure you mostly maybe coach people who are either dating, but mm -hmm. maybe also in relationship, right? So how does it, what do you do when, you know, how does your, the way you walk someone through this, um, and through healing, through attachment styles, does it, does it look different depending on dating or like a committed relationship? Um, do you see people who also are in committed relationships or, or no? Yeah, I, um, actually I started the coaching practice with just singles at first, but then, um, but then I started to, a lot of people that were in relationships wanted to learn about this as well. So my coaching has shifted now, but to be honest, it is a pretty similar approach because again, a lot of it is just educational in the beginning and you're just teaching them those same skills. The only difference is that in a relationship, you, they're practicing this stuff in real time. You know what I mean? Like they're actually being triggered within the relationship and they get to implement these tools in real time. So, um, both are, really healing. However, there is a lot of healing to be done when you're actually in the relationship, because again, all this stuff is happening like immediately. Yeah. Sometimes being in a relationship can be our greatest teacher, right? In isolation, being single, um, you can work on stuff, which is really important, but then, you know, I, 
a lot of my patients too, a lot of how they grow is by that friction, right? When something gets triggered, when something happens, now what do you do? Or how do you not behave maybe in the ways that you have in the past? Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, it can be a really important teaching aspect. Um, what do you think about coronavirus? Like how has that, in, you know, in terms of relationships, dating, the different attachment styles, um, I'm sure, you know, this past year, what have you seen? Like just, just in terms of dating and how people are feeling. And so in terms of what you've seen, cause you, this is what you do and you work with people. Um, how do you think all of that has been, has impacted dating? And yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the people that have come to me throughout this period of time, they, they haven't really mentioned too much <laughs> about that, to be quite honest. Um, but I know that a lot of it has been geared towards meeting people um, online. And so I kind of see the same anxiety surface, like, man, this is just so exhausting. And I don't, you know, like, there's just so many people. So it, it, it tends to be more of that, like daunting experience that they that they have. But yeah, it's actually requiring them to, to learn these new skill sets of like, you know, how do I communicate online and how do I um, set boundaries? So unlike, you know, meeting someone face to face, it, it does require another skill set when you're meeting people online and just, you know, um, so it's really working on that. Um, but again, a lot of a lot of the people that have been coming to me have more so been in these relationships. So with coronavirus, they've been having to face a lot of um you know, a lot of different, um, what do you say? <laughs> Just a lot of different problems that they have in the relationship because they're not distracted so much anymore by things. So they have to work through these problems with their partners. So I find more, more that people that come to me that are like, oh my God, I don't know how to cope with this. This is what I'm experiencing. You know, um, how can, how can you help? Yeah. Yeah. Even in, as we were talking, right, my practice, um, you know, especially during the pandemic, living in New York City, it's a very frenetic city, um, a lot of distraction, right? People are going, 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 modern life in general, it's just like, yeah. um, and so actually having people have to slow down and just sit with some of the stuff that they've maybe been running from a little bit. And so, um, and even you know, as you mentioned, people who are living together in close quarters and don't have these distractions, now you're suddenly faced um, with with these things and you got to make a decision, right? Do I deal with this? Do I not? And so um, I think it's been awesome that a lot of people have been, I know in my practice at least, they've been reaching out to actually start to deal with some of this stuff. So, um, you know, a little a small silver lining in, in all of this. Um, would you like me to read your letter? Click on the description of this video to submit your question. When you talk about the dismissive avoidance, just quickly, just curiosity, yeah. how do you how do you help people learn to connect more and not to kind of operate out of that anxiety of fleeing? Um, mm -hmm. Because that, um, you know, I find avoidance to be a very, very powerful uh, coping mechanism for anxiety. And so actually teaching someone how to approach is much harder when someone's feeling very stressed and they want this feeling to stop, right? How do you actually cause someone to go towards the feeling um, mm -hmm. with maybe a, some of the people that 
um, either, I don't know, you know, I know you mentioned that they're not necessarily a lot of who you work with, but um, mm -hmm. just in terms of your experience and your expertise in this. Yeah. So, um, and again, like with the, cause I do have, um, quite a few fearful avoidant patients and they have those avoidant aspects of themselves where they feel the discomfort and they just want to run away. They want to get out of the relationship. They want to leave the house They just leave the situation. So, and I experienced that too. Um, I still do sometimes. So with that, it's a lot of, and this is where my, um, you know, my, um, MFT, training comes in where, um, and I actually didn't learn too much about this therapeutic approach in, in grad school, but somatic therapy, right? Like, how can you just sit with that emotion? Like notice, notice what the trigger is, right? Notice how it feels in your body. And instead of running away from it, how can we just be mindful about it? How can we just be present with that emotion, knowing that it's not going to hurt you, right? It's not going to kill you. It's not going to suffocate you. How can you just be present with it? And the more that you can be present with those uncomfortable emotions, the more that you can face them in real time. Yeah. Feel your feelings. I love it. <laughs> it's so true. Just tolerating and learning how to just allow them to be there. And as you said, they're not dangerous. It's just a feeling. It's uncomfortable, but you can handle it. Um, so Jessica, any, you know, this has been super, super helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Any kind of final words or things that you feel like are, are important for people to, to know who are listening, who might be struggling in relationship, feeling anxious about it, recognizing some of the stuff that you, that you talk mm -hmm. about, um, anything that we haven't chatted about that you, that you want people to know? I mean, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Um, again, I would just want to say attachment, you know, attachment theory, understanding your attachment style is just such a great framework to understanding yourself on a deeper level and understanding other people and how they operate. Because we're all operating from our own attachment styles. So when you can gain that deeper understanding, you can take less things personally, right? It's not just about you. It's about how other people are experiencing life and love. Um, so I would just suggest like read all the books, listen to all the podcasts. Like there's so many great YouTube videos. And if you need help with like implementing this stuff, you know, seeking help either by a therapist or a coach or someone that can kind of walk you through this. And speaking of, if people want to work with you, if they want to read some of your stuff, um, where can I find you? Yeah. So, um, you can find me at jessicadesilvacoaching.com. I also have a free quiz on there. If you want to discover what your attachment style is, um, you can find me on TikTok these days. You can find me on Instagram, uh, at Jessica De Silva coaching. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Go check out her stuff. It is awesome. Jessica, thank you so much for educating us and, um, and all of your wisdom today. I know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me.